Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. Here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, I am Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. We get you set for week 11 of the NFL season. Of course, you can catch the show live each weekday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If not, you could always check it out on demand anytime you want. You can find all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. The week 11 projections are up from Sean Childs here in a critical week 11. Six teams on by. So it's going to be a week where you might have to maneuver and make some moves on the waiver wire. And don't worry, I have you covered there because the week 11 fab blind bidding guide is up. You can check that out right now. It is live on the site. We have updated Dynasty football rankings from Scott Atkins, podcasts from Dr. Roto as well, and you can ask your questions on the message boards and the forums anytime you want, and you will get an answer from myself, Dr. Roto, or Sean Child. And if you enter the promo code RONIS70, you get 70% off your first month. You can also use that promo code for Scout DFS as well. We have you covered for NHL. NFL and this past week the NFL optimizer spitting out hot fire once again it gave out Russell Wilson Tyler Lockett Michael Thomas and John U. Smith who was 2500 on DraftKings and came through with a touchdown so he gave you the value that you needed to open up salary and it also had David Johnson as well who was 6700 and had by far his best game of the season as we've seen Byron Leftwich finally use David Johnson more in the passing game as he had nine targets in the game so it was a really good week there so you could try that out as well as nba dfs and i talked about it during the show yesterday one of the keys for nba dfs is you really have to pay attention to last minute news now tonight it's only a three game slate and the big news so far is draymond green will not play tonight the team has suspended him one game as he got into it with kevin durant yesterday on the court and then it spilled into the locker room after the game So Draymond Green will sit tonight, so that's going to open up some value for Golden State. And again, you can go to ScoutDFS.com, go to the NBA Optimizer, because it updates instantly. And for example, yesterday was a real important day, especially on DraftKings, where you have the late swap, because after lineup lock at 7 p.m. Eastern, some news came out that, number one, Jeff Teague was back for the Timberwolves. His price on DraftKings was 4500 I I had to maneuver and make the changes during the show yesterday, but Jeff Teague automatically became someone in my lineup. Also, with Jared Allen out, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson got a boost, so I had to get him in. He was cheap, and that opened things up. So it's very important to pay attention to the last-minute news, especially if you play on a site like DraftKings where you have the ability to make those late changes and the optimizer will reflect it right away. So as soon as that news broke, if you hit refresh, those guys were popping 
in the optimizer. I mean, I saw the news and I already made the changes for myself, but I always go and just see what the optimizer spits out just in case to see you don't overlook anyone. And there are sometimes I disagree with the optimizer and I'll X the player out and then hit optimize again and see what it gives. So, uh, you know, sometimes I'll be right and sometimes I'll be wrong. I mentioned it last week. There was a week where I loved C.J. McCollum. I didn't play him. McCollum had like 50 points, I believe, on DraftKings. He just went off. So it's just another tool to kind of help you. But it updates instantly. So I want you guys to check it out uh, if you want to win money. Uh, People who used it last year were very profitable uh, for sure, and I'm pretty sure you won more money than you lost last year. So you can check that out, scoutdfs.com, and, of course, vegaswhispers.com. And, again, we're transparent here. It wasn't a good night for them last night. Uh, they had two picks, the Dallas Bulls over 212.5. It didn't go over. It went under. And the second half, 49ers giving a 1.5, and, and that was a loss. So a couple losses last night, but you know what? Overall, last 17 days, 48-22. and 22. That's a 69% winning percentage. And over the last six days, 14 and 6 that's a 70% winning percentage so we'll be transparent and it was tweeted out last night you can check it out Vegas at Vegas whispers and we're not going to hide we'll document what we do again more often than not it has been wins and they're going to be losses along the way but we will try our best to minimize those losses so check it out vegaswhispers.com you can sign up for uh, different uh, price points you know there's a seven-day trial again Check it out for yourself. I know you hear me talking about it all the time, but it's all documented there. Uh, There's also occasional free picks as well, uh, so you can check that out today, VegasWhispers.com. Plenty to get to on the show. We'll have Chris Vaccaro. You can find him at TheAthletic.com. He also plays in a ton of high-stakes leagues. We play in a league together as well. So he'll join me in the next segment. We'll talk football with him. But time now to look at some of the top stories from today. And, of course, today was deadline day for Steelers running back Le'Veon Bell, he needed to report by 4 p.m. Eastern today. He did not, so he is out for the rest of the season. He will not play. So this is really one of the worst draft picks we have seen in fantasy football history because, number one, you didn't get one point from him this year, and you had to hold on to him for 10 weeks of the fantasy football season, wasting a roster spot. Now, if you did get James Conner, and handcuffed him, it worked out well for you. I mean, you still had to waste the roster spot, but at least you had James Conner going out there and giving you big production week after week. If you didn't get Conner and you weren't able to hit on a big free agent or a money pick, value pick in the middle rounds, uh, it's, it's terrible for your team. And, you know, I see some people basically criticizing people take Levy on Bell. I really think it depends on when your draft was. If you took it in July or early August, it's hard to – be critical of the pick. I didn't take him in any redraft leagues. I did take him in a couple of best ball leagues, and I had the number two pick overall after Labor Day, the day after Labor Day, and I just could not take Bell. I was concerned. Did I think he would be back this year? Yes, and I think you had to assume that because we saw what he did last year. I don't think there was any indication that this would be the case. Even Bell was saying that he would be back. His teammates thought he would be back, so obviously something changed along the way, and I think as we got closer to the season, it was smart to back off a bell in the top three. Then you had to make that decision, okay, where should he go? I don't think he went past the first round in any drafts, and it's just unfortunate. So Bell is 26 years old, and he's going to forfeit $14.5 million this year, and he's hoping to get paid a big money, guaranteed money, 
uh, in the long run. So we'll find out if this makes sense. I know everyone has their different opinions. I think it's going to ultimately come down to what type of contract he gets, and we just see that running backs don't get paid a lot. So James Conner owners are definitely feeling great about this. He has been tremendous this year. Uh, I remember I had an opportunity to take Conner when I was out in Vegas in the Beat Adaronis Online Championship League. I was on the 4-5 turn. I had the number one pick, and I really thought about taking Conner, and then it just came to mind, well, what if he only plays two games? What if he only plays three? And I passed. Obviously, if I can redo it, I would have liked to take it. I did go Cooper Cup and Corey Davis on that pick. So, you know, obviously Corey Davis has not worked out so far, although he had a big game this past week. And I talked about Corey Davis yesterday in depth, and I'm going to actually ask Chris Vicari's opinion on that because we came under some heat uh, this weekend about the Corey Davis selection. He was our breakout player of the year at ScoutFantasySports.com. But Cooper Cup obviously was working out until this past week with the torn ACL. So, uh, you know, it's decisions you learn from, but I did not see this coming. I didn't think Bell would sit out the entire season. I don't think most people thought that, but uh, James Conner obviously has been a rock-solid RB1, someone we can play in DFS week in, week out. He's actually coming off one of his lesser performances of the season uh, where he only played 24 snaps in that game. He was dealing with a concussion. He had 13 carries, 65 yards, a touchdown, and one catch for eight yards. He had his at least three catches in every other single game this year, and he also had... Uh, a streak of four consecutive games of 100 rushing yards snap, but he's just been tremendous this year. He has 11 total touchdowns this season already, 39 receptions, uh, just a, a tremendous season for him, and he's going to be probably on a lot of championship teams this year because he was drafted, depending on what you drafted, you know, maybe, I think he did start to go in the fourth, fifth round that last week of the season, and especially after that first opening game on Thursday night, but uh, there were some leagues where he you know, went to the double-digit rounds, uh, and he's going to turn out to be a big league winner. Speaking of Connor, uh, he's still in concussion protocol, according to Mike Tomlin, but he is expected to practice tomorrow, the first day that the team can practice. So it's looking like Connor will be able to go this week. He does have a tough matchup against Jacksonville, but I don't care. Uh, you know, The Jacksonville defense hasn't been as dominant as it was last year. And Connor is rock solid uh, for season-long leagues for sure. DFS, that's a different conversation where you take salary into account and what other options are out there. But remember, no Todd Gurley or Kareem Hunt on the main slate this week because they're playing Monday night. We'll get to that game in a second because there's some news regarding that game as well. But uh, I think what this also clarifies, and I put him in the waiver Wire article on Monday, is that Jalen Samuels becomes a pickup now because – he, to me, would be the guy. I know some people are saying Stephen Ridley's there, but Samuels is the more dynamic player. And the Steelers typically, in their all their several years, they go with one running back. They just feed one running back. And we saw Samuels come in and play a good amount of snaps behind Connor. He did have a receiving touchdown. And I believe in Yahoo Leagues, he's tight end eligible, which is ridiculous. So this is the time to handcuff your top running backs now as the bye weeks are starting to trickle down. We do have six teams on bye this week and two next week, but now is the time to handcuff if you haven't already. So Jalen Samuels should be picked up. Mentioned him on uh, the Monday Weaver Wire article piece. He's in the Fab article today, especially if you're a James Conner owner. Even if you're not, if you have a spot, you know, Jalen Samuels becomes a pickup. And some people didn't think of it. I was talking to someone, and they said, uh, here's who I have to replace Cooper Cup. And I said, what about Jalen Samuels? Because they, they didn't even mention that name. Like, oh, okay, good pick. So 
I think a lot of people weren't thinking about that. But now that we have the clarity on Le'Veon Bell, it's pretty clear that you can go out there, pick up Jalen Samuels uh, as a stash on the bench in case Connor goes down or doesn't play this week. Again, the indication is he should be good to go. Mention the Rams-Chiefs game. That game was supposed to be played in Mexico City Monday night at Azteca Stadium, but the field conditions are really poor. Uh, pictures of it, it looks really bad. Apparently the field has been messed up from a Shakira concert from a month ago, and players started to complain that they weren't going to go. And you cannot have players get injured. You just couldn't risk it. So the NFL made the smart decision. They are moving this game back to Los Angeles. So obviously it's costing the NFL a lot of money. But in the end, the thing is to ensure player safety. So it really doesn't change things. Maybe the over-under, uh, you're more likely to take the over now because uh, you know the better field conditions. But either way, I think we expect a lot of points in this game. Rams-Chiefs, one of the most exciting regular season games we'll see in a while. It'll be isolated on Monday night. And championship games, uh, well, week 11 games will be decided uh, on this game. And it's also an interesting showdown slate. You know, the showdown slate is just the one game. And typically, don't love those. But, you know, this one, just a bevy of options uh, to select from. This will be one of the more fun ones to participate in. So can't wait for that game on Monday. So there'll be people Sunday night thinking that they have a game locked up, not realizing, oh, my opponent still has Gurley, Tyreek Hill, and Patrick Mahomes. So a lot of games will be decided on Monday night, and it should be a fun one. The Packers are traveling to Seattle to take on the Seahawks on Thursday night, and Randall Cobb will not make the trip. Now, he has not officially been ruled out yet, but this is an indication that he will not be good to go. Uh, obviously, Cobb has been dealing with a hamstring injury, and he's been He's been bad this year. You know, I dropped him in a league with 16 roster spots a couple weeks ago. I'm holding on to him in a league with 20 roster spots just because there's really not much on the waiver wire at all. At all. And there's still a chance Cop could come back this year and be a contributor. I highly doubt it, though, at this point. He just has not looked good. And, you know, these hamstring injuries don't go away. So he has come back and uh, still not performing uh, very well since he did come back. So... You'll see a lot of uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who we talked about the last couple weeks. Um, and he should be owned in all leagues by now. And Equinemius St. Brown will be the number three receiver. But um, really, it's more Adams and Valdez-Scantling and Jimmy Graham, even though he only had one reception last week, as we've seen the Packers run the ball a lot more. John Harbaugh said Joe Flacco does not have to practice to play. This is going to be one of the intriguing things to watch this week for season-long and DFS. I mentioned yesterday Lamar Jackson is someone that I picked up in several leagues over the weekend. Now, he's not even guaranteed to start. It could be Robert Griffin III, who did play well in the preseason. I think it will be Lamar Jackson, but the problem is we might not know till later in the week because he's basically saying, oh, yeah, Flacco doesn't have to practice and he could still start. The Ravens are still somewhat alive in the playoff hunt, and they have a pretty appealing schedule uh, for fantasy purposes. So the bids on Lamar Jackson – are going to really vary. It really depends on how bad you need them. Again, I picked them up for $47, but that was Saturday night, so there might have been some people really not paying attention. Uh, so it also depends on what you have a quarterback, but you definitely want to get them in a super flex league. If you're struggling at quarterback and you're streaming and it's been a week-to-week thing, I take a shot on them for sure. Uh, and remember, you know, the season's winding down with Fab, so there's no reason to save money. And I don't think it's a great waiver wire this week, depending on the, the depth of your league. 
Kiki QT believes there's a high possibility he can return this week. He had said uh, a couple weeks ago he wasn't going to return until he was 100%. So the fact that he is stating that he could be back, uh, certainly good news there. Uh, you know, obviously, he's not going to get a lot of targets in this offense, a lot of volume, but they have manufactured touches for him. So I do want him in deeper formats for sure. Uh, I think there's some ability there, of course, uh, heavily concentrated on DeAndre Hopkins in this offense. Stefan Diggs said he participated in a Monday's practice and he knows he's going to play. So I think we all expected this. They had the bye week last week, so he had a couple weeks to rest those ribs. Very important to get Diggs back out there. Uh, big game for them Sunday night against the Bears. So uh, the Sunday night game, interesting as well as the Monday night. And, uh, you know, certainly going to be a tough matchup there, but you need Diggs out there. And Diggs needs to be healthy to perform. We've seen it when he's been on the injury report in years past. He's just not that effective. So hopefully the couple weeks of rest gets him going. Lots more to talk about as we get you ready for week 11. Christopher Carroll from The Athletic. He joins me next here on Scout Fantasy Sports. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. You're listening to Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. You can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. The Week 11 Fab Blind Bidding Guide is up, as well as the Week 11 Projections. And you can ask your questions on the message boards and forums anytime. Enter the promo code RONIS70 to get 70% off your first month. That also includes the NFL DFS package and the NBA DFS package as well. I'm joined now by Chris Vaccaro. You can find him at theathletic.com as well as a participant in numerous high-stakes leagues. Chris, what's up? Ronis, what's up, buddy? Another week in the books. It was a brutal one for me, and uh, I'm glad to see it go and turn the page to week 11. What was so brutal about it for you? I mean, I think overall for me it was good. I did lose by .6 last night. My opponent had Evan Ingram and Barkley, and Ingram was quiet the whole way until that final drive, which he seems to do every week. So, oh, I mean, overall it was a pretty good week for me, but what was so bad about it for you? I, I don't know. I guess there was a lot of guys in my lineups that just inconsistent, and, and I think the worst call, <laughs> worst thing that happened to me all week long was I have a private home league that's a $15,000 buy-in each team. And I was in first place playing the team in second place. And the team, uh, and then on um, late Sunday afternoon, I took out Corey Davis at about a quarter to one and replaced him with Trey Quan Smith. Oh. And went and lost by 19 points. And if I left... Uh, Corey Davis in, obviously I would have won by three or four points and would have had a two-game lead with three games left in the regular season and a regular season uh, championship is only worth $30,000. So, could be a $30,000 mistake, Adam. So, how was your Sunday, buddy? <laughs> well, I'm sure you, you're, you're fine. You always recover. You're in a multitude of leagues. I'm sure you'll finish in the positive. Hey, two things on that. Number one, 
You know, a lot of people, I know you said this is a private league. I think a lot of people always yeah. say, okay, if you play in the high stakes leagues and you put that much money on the line, you know what you're doing. But you play in a lot of leagues like that. Do you find that to be the case? Or are there still a lot of people that just have the money, put it up, and they're not that good? Oh, no, don't get it wrong. I, I, that's a good conversation to have because you always hear about the high-stakes market and, oh, my God, and you think that everybody at this draft table is, like, you know, great fantasy players a lot, and it's not the case. You know, there's a lot of uh, dead money at these tables. There's a lot of guys that, you know, they just like to have a good time and, uh, you know, they, they have the money to, to blow. Um, they think they're better than they really are or, you know, they get in over their head. And, uh, you know, when you get into the high-stakes market, um, Adam, you know, the, most of the time, you know, nine or ten guys at every table, uh, you know, whether it's in New York or Vegas, uh, they're hardcore into it and great players. But you always have your one or two guys that just don't belong at the table. And, you know, so it's something that's overrated, uh, no doubt about it. But for the most part, most of the people belong there. Okay. You know, and I, I've been around them a lot, and I agree with that, too. It's just that there are some people who just cannot afford to be in it, and they think that they might be as good. Now, obviously, until you get in that arena mm -hmm. and test yourself, we don't know. But, you know, there are some people right. that obviously can't afford it. But I guess until you get in, oh, no. you can't 100%. really talk. No, there's, right? 100%. There's, you know, there are great fantasy players out there that just, you know, uh, like you said, just can't put up that, you know, type of money. Um, and they certainly belong. So it, it goes both ways, no doubt about it. All right, now let's uh, – I'm glad you brought up the Corey Davis discussion. I, I really don't mean to harp it and bring up negative feelings for you, but there's a couple <laughs> things I want to talk about here. First, number one, take us through your mindset as you're making that change. And my opinion is I think it was close. The, the Corey Davis actually did have a tough matchup with Stephon Gilmore, who's been a, a good corner this year. And Davis right. has been getting a lot of targets. But we have seen Corey Davis go against some top corners and struggle this year. Tredavious White, Baltimore, Casey Hayward. He had a stretch there, three straight games. He didn't reach double-digit points. But we could also mm -hmm. point to Marcus Mariota looking finally healthy, as he did in Week 9. But just what was your thought process there as you're making that change? Yeah. Yeah, so I had this last wide receiver spot open, Adam, and I really struggled for the last three days leading into Sunday with this. And I had Corey Davis in Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I think even on Saturday I pulled him out. I pulled him back in a couple hours. I went back in and switched it. Um, I, I just felt that with Cincinnati's secondary being as bad, you know, as banged up as it is, and, you know, Breeze being as potent as he is, I said, there's no other targets in this offense. He's going to catch at least five balls just by default. Uh, you know, teams focusing. You knew Michael Thomas was going to get his and Kamara out of the backfield. But without the lack of the third receiver, once we knew Dez wasn't playing, which I didn't, I didn't even care if he did, I just thought Traquan Smith was going to be able to catch five balls and contribute. I just don't know how it was humanly possible that they put up 48 points, went up and down the field, and Traquan Smith didn't even get a target. It was one of the most shocking things. It was the most shocking thing of the season for me, you know, player decision-wise, uh, was that he didn't get targeted. And as for Corey Davis, it just came down to, you know, Gilmore did uh, the number one, uh, was the number one cover corner uh, pro football focus. He's done a great job on top receivers. Uh, you know, as much as I love Corey Davis and, I, and I've been holding him and, and not really using him and I want to eventually get him into my lineup, and now I will, 
I said, let me just hold him out one more week. Smith is in a better situation, you know, in my opinion. Even though Davis is the number one for Tennessee, and obviously Trey Con Smith isn't, I still thought by default I could get out of there with five catches from, from Smith, and I didn't think Corey Davis's ceiling was much more than five or six catches, and it backfired and blew up on us. And especially if I told you, hey, the Saints are going to put up 51 points today, you would have expected Smith yeah. to at least do something, right? I mean, it's just, like I said, I can't explain enough how mind-boggling it is that they put up that many points, threw that many times, had that many possessions, and he didn't even see a target. I mean, it's it's crazy. They don't now, even what, have, you know, guy. It was, yeah, but. What did we do with Traquan Smith going forward? Because if you look at it this week, they're home. Philly's secondary is decimated. Oh, do we not? Do we? Yeah. Do we? I mean, this is a kid. You know, sometimes you have to forget what happened. I know it's going to be mm-hmm. difficult for you because he burned you. I had him in my lineup too. I had him in my. Actually, it cost me the the league. I lost yeah, by I points. The league I play. I, I lost by point six. Traquan Smith was in the lineup, so he gets one catch. I win. Oof. So he cost me a win too. Um, so yeah. what do we do with Traquan? Yeah. I mean, six teams on by this week. Yeah, so, you know, this particular team, it's like he's my last guy on the roster, and it's after this past week with waivers going tomorrow, I'm like, you know, I want to drop this guy for what he did, but I can't because you look at his schedule going forward, and oh, my God, it's unbelievable. Um, and, and, you know, all right, so they bring in Brandon Marshall. I don't think that's going to be that big of a – I didn't think the Dez thing was going to be a big – Neither did I. I tweeted it out at the time. I tweeted it, and I'm a huge Dez fan. I was rooting for him. I tweeted out uh-huh. at the time that he's going to be completely overvalued for fantasy, and I couldn't believe that some of the prices he went for over receivers I liked better. Shocked. Shocked. Um, I agree. And, I, and in my article last week for The Athletic, I begged people, please do not blow your fat budget or a lot of money on Des Bryant this, uh, you know, this uh, coming week. But uh, I saw him no more than like a three or four catch for 30, 40 yards every week in, in that Saints offense. Um, so he, I didn't think he would make that big of a difference. But Trey Smith, you know, his, his schedule is unbelievable. It's just you got to be scared now that Breeze just didn't look at him. Is there something more to it? Do they not trust him? But, you know, the week before he scored the touchdown – it was a. He had. She showed great hands on that particular touchdown over the middle. Um, I think it's just a hold, you know. And then watch, you know, him in the dome versus Philly. I bet you he winds up scoring a long touchdown. Maybe he's just the new poor man Ted Ginn. I think that's know, what it is in that offense. Yeah, you know, just... maybe that's what he is. He's the two for sixty in a touchdown on certain weeks. You can only trust him when he's playing at home in the dome for New Orleans just like you used to do with Ted Ginn, but you get him outside, and he's useless. I mean, look, that offense is all Thomas, Ingram, Kamara for the most part. I mean, and then they had such a big lead in that game as well. So that was the issue. But uh, talking to Christopher Cowher, you can find him at theathletic.com. That brings me to Corey Davis because someone was just killing me on Twitter because I had tweeted something about <laughs> Corey Davis. you got those guys too, huh? Yeah, they happen <laughs> once in a while. So he basically yeah. he was saying – Oh, you should apologize to your subscribers. You had Corey Davis as the bre- – we had as a site, ScoutFantasySports.com. We do a breakout player of the year. It was Corey Davis. So he's like, oh, you yeah. were wrong, this and that. And I go, okay, it hasn't worked out to this point. But he has mm-hmm. reached double-digit points in PPR formats in five of his nine games. Now he only has two touchdowns. But you saw in week four against Philly and this past week against who you illustrated, Gilmore, top cover corner, 
the upside of him. He has 30% of the target yep. share. And let's keep in mind, Marcus Mariota had elbow nerve damage. He couldn't feel his fingers. Clearly, he's looked better the last two weeks. I said, okay, so far it hasn't worked out. But if he finishes as a top 25 wide receiver by the end of the year, are you going to say, are you going to apologize? Like, is it fair to say right now here, Corey Davis is a bust so far, or do we have to wait until the season finishes? I think we have to wait until the season finishes because, you know, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Um, I saw a big second half coming. We both did for Corey Davis. Mixing the fact that the schedule opens up big time. He had a lot of rough matchups earlier. And on top of that, his quarterback was hurt and couldn't push the ball down the field. So you take the bad matchups and the quarterback not being able to, to accurately get him to you. Uh, and then Mariota missing a little time, the backup coming in, just no chemistry. Um, it was a rough first half of the season, and you see it. There's particular players each year that struggle for the first eight games of the season. They have a monster second half of the season, and all forgotten about. So, um, And it's funny that you said that because in, also in my article last week, Adam, I, I wrote a piece that said, uh, you know, top five trade targets for the second half of the season. Corey Davis was, uh, you know, number three on that list. And just like you did, Adam, I got killed all week long in the comments section about this guy doesn't know anything, why are you telling us to trade for Corey Davis, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, everybody went silent after Sunday's game. Yeah, it's amazing. And here's the thing, too. I could tell from that comment that guy's not having a good season. First of all, one player cannot bring you down. I have Corey Davis on a team that is eight and 8-2. So you cannot tell me, like, oh, that Corey, he was a fourth or fifth-round pick. You're, you know how many other bad players yeah. went in that round? That you could have taken? Okay, let, let's, let's look at the GST draft right now that we were in together. You want, let's look at the fourth round. Alex Collins, yep. Juju, Josh, Josh Gordon, Landry, Rodgers, Golden yep. Tate, Corey Davis, Kelsey, Lamar Miller, Chris Hogan, Derrick Henry, and Jay Ajayi. Oof. I mean, you, how many players would you take over Corey Davis in that round right now? Juju, right? Uh, Kelsey? Yep. And... Uh, would you take Gordon? I think, would you I, think Gordon? I would now, yeah. The sec- I, I think after uh, what he's shown uh, lately, uh, Josh Gordon will be right there. But I love Corey Davis. I really do. I, I think he's a, a, a legit wide receiver, too, the rest of the way. So, And that's kind of where I see Josh Gordon. So, you know, flip a coin between those two. I have similar value, I, think, I would say, for the rest of the season for both of them. Look, and if he's a dud the rest of the way, I'll apologize. If that makes people feel better, look, we all get we all get stuff wrong. Everybody all just of wants us. someone to blame. I know. If they have a bad fantasy team or a bad draft, they don't want to blame themselves. They want someone else to blame. You know what? Draft better. Because just like you said, one bad pick doesn't, you know, make or break your season, no matter what round it is. You know? Guess what? I have teams with Leonard Fournette on them, and I'm still in the playoff hit push. And that was my first round pick. You know, and a lot of people are in that same boat. So, you know, work the wire. Draft better. I don't know what to tell you guys, but, you know, one, one fifth-round pick doesn't make or break your team. And, look, we do a lot of research. We watch games. We look at stats. And I always say, and I'm sure you're the same way, if I give you advice, it's the same thing I would do with my teams. So we're not here trying to sabotage you. Some picks don't work 100%. out. And I'm not, and the guy's like, you 100%. keep making excuses for Corey Davis. I'm not making, what am I, it's a fact, the guy has a 30% target share. Do you not want someone who is getting that volume on your team? 
And look, it's taken a while for the Titans offense, and we talked about Mariota not being healthy. It's a factor. When your quarterback cannot feel his fingers, that's a problem. Yeah, it is. And and why wouldn't you want to trade for a guy on the low because you can completely take advantage of another owner in your league that wants to give up on Corey Davis and say, ah, oh, he's not that good, yada. All right, well, you know what? Let me get let me get him for, you know, you know, 30 cents on a dollar. And you're getting a guy that, like you just said, for the second half of the season, the schedule opens up, and he gets 30% of the target share. Every week he's going to be catching minimum four or five balls for you at 30% target share. I mean, I don't know what else you're looking for in a trade uh, in leagues, uh, you know, that you could trade in. Yeah, and the, he has one tough matchup left that I saw that I remember, Jalen Ramsey. Jacksonville. Week, yeah. I, I believe it's Jacksonville week 14 if Ramsey's on him. Who knows if Ramsey quit and, and, you yeah. know, at that oh. point, too. But we don't hear right much from him anymore. Corey Davis. No, he's real quiet nowadays. Yeah, but so funny. You go right back to putting Corey Davis in your lineup this week versus the Colts, and, uh, you know, uh, the weeks after that, it's all nice. I know I was looking actually today because um, – I have a, a bunch of teams with Corey Davis on, and I was just looking at my schedule going forward, and I'm like, all right, he's got the Giants, he's got the Colts, he's got, uh, you know, a couple other nice matchups. And I was like, hey, from this point on, Corey Davis is back in, and I've survived the storm in the league that I have Corey Davis, and now I get him back. I feel like I just got a brand-new player off the waiver wire going forward. How surprised are you that Le'Veon Bell's sitting out the year, and did you draft him in any leagues? Zero, uh, zero shares. I, I made a clear point, uh, you know, a clear point uh, going into the season. I said I would not draft Le'Veon Bell. Um, I, I didn't get him early, uh, which was good, uh, you know, even before the the news was hitting. And then when everything started getting a little, you know, scary that last week and a half when all the big drafts hit, you had a choice of saying, "Hey, I'm going in on him and I'm taking that chance." At the end of, you know, in the early second round or. Uh, wherever he was falling, and I said, I, I just don't want to take a risk that high and we're putting this much money on the line this early in the draft, uh, you know. So uh, I completely passed, and I have zero shares of him, and, uh, man, I feel bad for – well, I don't really feel bad for the people that did get him because uh, – <laughs> Their competition. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, because their competition. But, yeah, it's crazy. I really didn't expect he would sit out. I thought he would come back, uh, you know, around uh, week 11, but – is for every loser that got Le'Veon Bell in the draft, there's always one big winner, and today the big winner is the James Conner owners yet again. Did They've been winning Connor? all year, and they'll be continuing the week. Did you get him in any leagues? Okay. Conner. No, zero. No. No, I, I have no James Conner. Uh, it's going to be painful to watch these teams that are being that are having a lot of success so far with Conner. I thought that Bell coming back was really going to dig into, you know, those teams and hurt them, but they get a free pass, and they just keep on moving on. Yeah, unbelievable. I, I thought about taking him in Vegas on the 4-5 turn. I had the number one pick, and I elected to pass. Uh, I wound up going Cooper Cup, Corey Davis with those picks. Uh, obviously, I'd rather uh, have Connor than Cooper, Cooper Cup, Cup today. Yeah, Cooper Cup, just a, a devastating Yeah, the, the Cooper Cup. I mean, you want to talk about why my weekend was terrible. Uh, you know, That's besides, a big one. Yeah, that was the same thing. taking a lot of bad losses, the Cooper Cup injury was the final nail in the coffin for the Thunder. All right, lots more with Chris Vaccaro ahead. You're listening to Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis, you can find me scoutfantasysports.com. Use the promo code Ronis70 to get 70% off your first month. I'm joined by Chris Vaccaro. You can find him at theathletic.com and playing in a multitude of high-stakes leagues. Want to give Chris props, though. Saw him on Twitter on Sunday saying, big letdown for the Patriots. And he was back in the Titans with the points. That was prophetic, yeah, that because the me, pa- that Patriots, got nice their, money. <laughs> Patriots got their ass kicked. I think it's the third double-digit loss for them this year. It, is it? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I so think I saw that stat today. Yeah. Detroit Detroit hammered them, right? Detroit, oh, Detroit Tennessee, them, right. and who was the other one? Both, both Kansas of their City? coaches uh, Did they play Kansas City? Didn't they lose to Kansas no, City? they beat Kansas City. Oh, they beat Kansas they City. They beat Kansas right. City. Yeah, who was that third loss to? It definitely wasn't in the division. I know that. I can't even think of it right now. That's going to bother me. Oh, the Jaguars killed them. The Jaguars beat them. Yeah, by 11. By 11, yes. Yes. There you go. Yeah. You know, I made some good money on that one. I really firmly believe that the team would, you know, they were banged up going, you know, to Tennessee. They came off a couple primetime games. You know, big games versus Kansas City, like you said, on a Sunday night. Then another big Sunday night game versus the Packers. Teams are funny like that. You know, the, it's it's all about teams being able to get up, you know, for certain games. There's no way after those games the Patriots are going to get up for the Titans going, you know, traveling to Tennessee, especially with that bye week, um, you know, ahead. And plus, let's face it, the Patriots know they have their division wrapped up. It was a perfect scenario, perfect storm for them to let uh, – you know, to give a game up right there. You know, they're still going to win their 11 games and, and win the East. Um, so it was just a nice spot to take the seven points, and uh, it was a nice hit. So and they, let me they, ask you something while yeah. we're talking uh, while we're talking about that. Give me a Super Bowl prediction right now. Right now, I think I would go Chiefs-Saints. Chiefs-Saints. All right. Okay. I thought How about I was, you? I, I'm Saints and Chargers for me. You know, I I love the Chargers, and I do this every year, and I think there's a small contingent to do this. I love Phillip Rivers. I am rooting for him. I would like to see that. I think – Good storyline, too. Now, you're are you going to say they'll win the division, or you're giving that to the Chiefs? No, 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 no. I'm giving that to the Chiefs. That, that's the Chiefs division. They'll win that. Um, I just think that on both sides of the ball, I'm loving what I see out of the Chargers. Uh, they're going to get Boza back eventually. 
Um, and I think when it comes down to it, as long as the Chargers don't have to go into Kansas City and play a game that's like 10 degrees, um, you know, in January, which it could be, but that could also hurt that Chiefs offense. Let's not, you know, let's not kid ourselves there. Um, I, I just don't think the Chiefs defense is good enough to, to go to the Super Bowl. I think they will get tripped up in the playoffs, and uh, I don't believe in the Patriots this year. I don't either. I like the Steelers, but I had, something's not right with that Steelers team either, um, especially defensively, even though they are playing better. I just think the Chargers put it all together, and I would love to see Rivers finally get to the Super Bowl. I think this is his last shot at it, and I think he's got the team to do it. And uh, that's uh, where my money is. I think the Chargers get there, and I think it's a perfect storyline. Rivers versus Breeze, the, you know, the team that gave up on Breeze versus, you know, uh, and it all comes full circle. Two veteran quarterbacks uh, going at it. I would love to see the Chargers get there. Did you already put some money down on that? What are the, the odds have got to be pretty good for that. I, I did. I did it about two weeks ago. Uh, you know, the – to, it was to win the AFC. It wasn't to win, um, you know, right. the Super Bowl. That's still that's so, still a good that's a good uh, worthwhile bet though because they're not yeah. gonna they're not gonna projected to have home field right now. You have Kansas City and New England's experience and Pittsburgh's experience, so I would think those are pretty good odds. Yeah, it was eleven to one at the time, so I, I took it. And uh, the, the Patriots play the Steelers, so that's probably going to decide a, a first-round bye. They play them in week uh, 15, actually, which will be a big yeah. fantasy week, too. So uh, how worried are you right now about Tom Brady? One touchdown in the last three games. We kind of go through this every year, and then all of a sudden the Patriots <laughs> come alive. But, you know, he has not produced for fantasy. He made some terrible throws this past week. They actually pulled him with, what, like seven minutes left? That's very unlike New England. Is there a concern, or do you think it gets better to get a healthy Gronk when he uh, coming back from the bye? Well, we think. I don't even want to assume that at this point. Yeah, Edelman appears to be yeah, okay. I know Gronk's hurting you. Uh, yeah. I mean, what again? On that on that team, I'm eight and two. So it's amazing. Well, well yeah, you know what makes hurting, up for it? Not hurting you. You're not nice yet, to have but he can't win a championship. Probably. I mean, mm-hmm. that team has Gurley and Mahomes carrying it. So as long as the other guys just kind of yeah, stay afloat. Nice combo to have. Yeah. Um, but who's, I couldn't. Who have you been selling in with Gronk? Uh, Ricky Seals Jones this past week. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you need Gronk back. But it, it's crazy because it's tough to go to the waiver wire and find a decent tight end. Oh, there's nothing. Know? And I'm like, I got beat, in... got beat on Jeff Hireman last week. And I wanted to pick him up for. And, and he had a bye last week. So it was picking up for, you know, this week and beyond. But I am encouraged by yeah. Ricky Seals Jones, though. He's ran a lot of routes. Byron Leftwich taking over. Uh, he had. Five for 51 this past week, so I do think he'll be okay, but that's not what you want yeah. to win a league. No, I hear you. Uh, as for Brady, am I concerned? Yeah, I mean, listen, um, I'm going to lump in my guy Rogers with him because the two of them have been complete disappointments. Uh, I have to wear that one. You know that I'm the Rogers guy and uh, was all in on him, and it's been it's been terrible. Uh, I'll be honest with you. It's been, uh, you know, he's been an average 250 and two touchdown type of quarterback, and that's not what you sign up for when you take uh, a guy like Rodgers in, in um, you know, six-point passing leagues. You expect, you see these other quarterbacks, Roethlisberger last week, what he did, and, and Matt Ryan every week, and obviously Mahomes. Like, this is what you sign up for when you try and get a Rodgers or a Brady and take them early. Uh, and it just isn't working right now. Uh, if I had to take one for the rest of the season, 
I'd actually take Brady. I, I like his offense and his op- and his options more than what Rogers' offense and, uh, and options are looking like the rest of the way. So uh, hopefully, I'm, I hope I'm wrong, but it's just been a complete disappointment if you took either one of these two. Will it change your philosophy for next year? For those that don't know, Chris likes to take uh, in the high-stakes league who had six-point passing touchdown a quarterback early, the Aaron Rodgers of the world, and he's done it a lot and had a lot of success. Uh, and it mm-hmm. doesn't mean – obviously, he hasn't worked out. I'm sure some of those teams are still well doing well, but will it change your philosophy that, for the, next year? Yeah, that's the funny thing, Adam, is, is I'm having a really great season, knock on wood, and I have a lot of teams up there, uh, you know, first and second place is high points, and they're with Rodgers. And, uh, you know, it's just luckily that I drafted well and have good deep teams and good players around them, and Rodgers isn't killing me, and he's not, but he's not helping me. So he's just getting me, uh, you know, just my 25 points every week and moving on. But uh, back to your point, no, it will not change my philosophy because I'll just change the name on the draft board, uh, and maybe next year it'll be Mahomes. Uh, if, if the price is right and, the, you know, the third, fourth, fifth round, wherever uh, his ADP winds up being at, or any other quarterback, you know, that uh, whoever it is. Um, if I think Mahomes is in a great situation, uh, then no, it, it won't change. If I feel like the value is good enough to get a quarterback that gives me 300-plus yards and three touchdowns or more every week, uh, you know, if I if I could take you back in time and, and say, hey, you can have this Pat Mahomes uh, and his stats and everything in a six-point passing league right here in the fourth round, would you have taken him at every draft of yours? Yeah, I think I, I think, think about it. To. Just yeah. think about it, right? I mean, uh, if, it's if not you could something go back I, in time and you knew. Yeah, it's not something I typically do. I tend to wait on the quarterbacks, and obviously it's worked out. Although, I got to say, it's the weak, my weak link in our GST league where my team is doing well, but my quarterback is the weak spot right now. I mean, I played Mariota over Stafford this past week because I just. Oh, wait, and let's go wait, and let's go back to that real quick, Adam. So, on whatever night we do the second wave of, of uh, well, whenever Saturday. we picked up Saturday Mariota. Night. Saturday. No, I, okay. no, so I picked up Mari- I picked up Mariota on the first wave last week. Yeah. Yes, you did. So that's when I so I put in from you outbid me by a couple dollars because I oh. wanted no part of starting Dalton this past week, and obviously I have I have Deshaun Watson, so he's on a buy. So I okay. had Dalton as the backup. So you, I put in for Mariota, and I put in a decent amount, which I thought I would definitely get him. You outbid me by a couple bucks, and I oh, it. thank goodness! Yeah, I did one and, like one nineteen or something like that, I believe. Yes. So I lose. I lost by like thirteen points, and the difference between Mariota and Dalton was eighteen points this past week. So you cost me a win, and not only did you cost me a win. Probably ended my season unless I run the table because my team isn't good there in, in the GST league. So that one pickup, see, you never know the the, the you know the behind the scenes stories to certain pickups. But I meant to tell you that the other day that the difference between Mariota and Dalton cost me a win. Well, if so it keeps you, you out, you're you you're very me. you're a very tough competitor, and if you got in the playoffs, I'd be concerned. <laughs> so if it means you getting knocked out of the playoffs. Well, good. Uh, I, I mean, I would have won. I had a big week, so I would have won regardless. But I just I don't feel good about Stafford right now, and his schedule upcoming is bad. Now Marvin Jones is banged up. Like, that team's a mess. Like, I would, 
I would totally worry. I would totally worry if you're the Stafford owner. Is that your number one, Stafford? He, well, he has been, and um, I, and who no, else? Yeah, and Mariota, and then Saturday night I picked up Lamar Jackson. Okay, so but you've been just rolling with Stafford then. Yes, yeah, but like you know, the rest of my oh, team has geez. been so strong that I he hasn't caught right. me. Right? No, at that all. team is loaded. No, but that but team now is, is loaded. It is, but now Cooper Cup out for the year. AJ Green, I don't know when he's right, going to return. Green. Still, team, it's still good. Hey, it's a week to week league. It's a it is. fantasy is a week to week league. You absolutely. can have a loaded team, and in one weekend, boom, you you become the third best team in your league. You know, like that's how quickly that's how quickly it becomes. And I tell people that there was someone on the Scout Fantasy Sports message boards about two three weeks ago. He's like, oh, "This is the one team. This is the one seed right now. I'm the two. Like, I can't beat this team. Should I do this, this, and that?" And I said, "Look." Focus on your team. You have no idea what's going to happen come playoff time. Three of these guys could be hurt. People all the time tell me, oh, I have such good running back depth. Should I trade this to get a receiver? I'm like, you never have enough running back depth. Two or three of those guys can get hurt this weekend, and everything changes instantly. So I know it's a cliche, and you probably hear a lot of people say it, but it really is week to week, and that's why I was mad at you the last time you came on this show when you said, (laughs) what's your address? Let me send the check now. And ever since you have said that, Two of my guys have gone down. I, I mean, I just don't understand. I, I wrote the check out and, and everything. Send it. And okay, I asked you, yeah, can you send the I'm check? Ready. And you said, I'm going to hold off on that. Send it. You never it. gave me the address. I will text you the address as soon as the show ends. You still got it You still got it It's not locked. No, it's not, man. Now, I'll tell you what. You know what? While we're talking about that league, I'll tell you who's unbelievable is our friend Sven. Oh, my God, yeah. That's a loaded team. I know he's only like fifteen points behind me in the overall. Yeah, there's a uh, they uh, and in the other GST league, um, there's a couple nine and one teams and eight two. So the overall from weeks fourteen to sixteen is going to be uh, a nice sprint. But uh, I won't be joining that uh, group because uh, my team is not that good. Like I said in that week, so I'm nothing to worry about this year. It'll be you and uh, the handful of other teams like Sven that are. Uh, be going for it all so i wish you all the best well hopefully i can uh recover from these injuries but uh Kenyon drake i don't have him anywhere this year but i i cannot Oof. explain i can't can you give me any rational explanation now now frank gore has run well he's four and a half yards per mm-hmm. carry he's amazing he has no touchdowns rushing one receiving Kenyon drake i thought for a period there was a period there weeks five to seven he had 25 targets and 15 receptions i said okay they're not doing much on the ground with him. Maybe they'll get him more involved in the passing game. Since then, right. three games, ten targets, eight receptions. Like what? What is the rationale? And I don't That's own him, so I have though. no, I have no reason to be upset. This is not personal, but I just don't understand. No, I'm it. loving it. No, oh, I'm me too. I don't have him. So, no, but can zero, you? But what, is, what is the what is the rationale behind this? Now, Gates is crazy, um, and I don't know if he's just got this mind frame where he just is, you know, a pro veteran guy, and he just trusts the veteran more, or uh, I, I don't know. We're, you know, we're not in the locker room; we don't know things like that behind the scenes. Um, so, you know, Drake, talent-wise, last year, you remember how good he was down the stretch, putting up big fantasy numbers. Um, I, there's no explanation for it. He should at least be. A guy that's in a uh, you know a fifty-fifty split with Gore and and being the pass catching back catching five balls a game out of the backfield, 
uh, in that type of role. But like you said, the targets aren't even there lately, and the team's always down. In a game like uh, this past Sunday versus Green Bay, when they're losing the whole second half, that should have been all Drake catching balls out of the backfield. Uh, it just isn't. So, you know, colossal bust, especially where he was drafted. People were moving him up the board late in draft season, and, uh, man, he ranks up there with probably top five list of uh, biggest busts this year. What do you make of Eric Ebron? I mean, the guy is playing less snaps. Oh, my God, Adam. He had three touchdowns and four touches. Add add that to the list of reasons why my past week 10 was brutal is because I own so much Eric Ebron. I benched him. Both. Um, Wait, wait. I I have so much Eric Ebron and didn't play him in one league that I own him. I sat him in every league. And because I really just thought it was like I said, I listen, I got the most out of Eric Ebron, and it's over. He was my backup tight end, like, in a ton of my leagues. Not only that, I was playing so many different first, second-place games uh, this past week, and it seemed like every team I was playing against had him in their starting lineup. And so I got it both ways. It was like I didn't play him on, on certain teams that I have him, and certain teams that I was playing against had him, so... It was a double whammy this past week. What do you? And do I don't know what to do forward? with him. I, okay. I don't know what to do. I really don't know what to do with him because you know, uh, I don't know if you have the info in front of you, but I don't know how many snaps he played. Uh, Twenty-one snaps. Have to look at this. Twenty-one snaps he played. I mean, what do you do with that? That was just as bad as the week before. Uh, Seventeen. You know, like the they week were on the bye, but. So, like, this is all just touchdown dependent. So, I mean, I even saw. Um, uh, Brad Evans from Yahoo last night tweet out his top five tight ends the rest of the year, and Ebron was like third on his list. And I said to him, "How can you like yeah, I can't over George that. Kittle? No way. No, he had no him way. over George Kittle, and I'm like, no. why George Kittle is like the new Gronk? Yeah, Kittle's like Kittle's a lot. You can make a case Kittle uh, over Gronk the rest of the year. Oh no, easily. No, that's that's easy. I I tweeted back at it. I said. There's a big three at the tight end position. There's Ertz, there's Kelsey, and there's Kittle, and then there's everyone else. And I, there's, you know, that's it. There was, that's the big three. So, Ebron, I don't know what to do with him. You just got to roll the dice if you have him and hope he scores every week. Great discussion, as always, with Chris Vicari. You can find him at theathletic.com. Chris, thanks for the time and better luck this weekend. Always. All right, buddy. Speak to you soon. All right, check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. I'll be back Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.